Then there's the consistent thought that is woven through all four authors, and they didn't really collaborate on their particular Gospels. Uh, they did meet each other's, but they didn't collaborate in the sense of let's come up with a, a sermon together or a thought together or a history together. They had individual messages they wanted to preach to their community, and, um, and they did so through this style called, called Gospel Literature. Um, so in Luke chapter 19, um, we'll see maybe if we can, do you think you can show them that or is that you can uh, do, 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 do the uh, share screen for the um, passage? Yeah, Luke 19. Luke 19. So we're going to uh, pull up Luke 19 um, and we're going to be reading. If you have your own Bible or your uh, phone with you that you can look at it or whatever through your computer. Luke 19, and we're going to read verses 28 through 48. This is uh, on the heels of Luke is pairing up some stories differently than the others, meaning that there's a few stories that lead up to this one. So it's kind of like creating, again, a narrative, creating a story, creating a sermon. And, um, and he begins here at verse 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter, you will find a colt there, which no one has ever ridden. Um, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colts, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side, and they will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. Will, they will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. All right, so the triumphal entry, or the untriumphal entry. This is a story of the wrong person, the wrong presentation, and the wrong tactics. <laughs> it's the wrong person for the triumphal entry. W why is it the wrong person? Well, Jesus is a poor Jewish man of no significance whatsoever. And, uh, and here he is being praised by the people in hopes that he would come and deliver them. So even though he's the wrong person, people are still saying, hey, this is, you know, this is uh, uh, maybe someone who will deliver. Maybe, maybe somehow he's going to do this. And sometimes in our hope, in our hope against all hope, we can become blind uh, to what is actually going on. And, um, and this is, I think, what's going on. Folks have become blind because they're so desperate and they've so locked on to the one way that they believe that they will be delivered. The one way they believe God's going to answer their prayers. It's got to be this way. And so because of that, there's this 
you know, this, this, this hope in blind hope sometimes, or in this case, definitely blind hope. And they think Jesus is going to do this, that he's going to come and rescue them. He's the, but he's still, and according to Luke and all the others, John, Matthew, Mark, um, he's the wrong person. I mean, this is what they're setting up is, don't you get it? Like, look at him and look at what kind of deliverer he is. Does he look the part? And the answer is no. So if you're open and you're open to whatever God wants to do, you might actually begin to see that there's something different going on here, something that's going against what you might expect. And so our eyes have to be open to perceive, to see what is, what is God really doing? How is God going to do what God is going to do? Uh, is that a good moment to hear from Liz? Right there. How about that, Liz? Hi, guys. Um, I was going to make an announcement at the beginning. I'm doing benediction at the end. So I just want to invite you throughout the service and throughout Joel's words and Jim's music to think about um, in a time when we feel helpless, what can you do to help? What can you do to help yourself and what can you do to help others? And if you just keep that on the back burner, um, it'll make more sense at the end when I do my benediction. Thank you so much. Glad you're here with us this morning. Thank you, Liz. I um, had forgotten given that uh, little, little surprise. <laughs> kind of threw my choo-choo off. Um, okay, so, so wrong, wrong presentation uh, is the second one. So wrong person, wrong presentation. Jesus is not coming in on the right animal. Notice he comes in on a donkey. And I think there's a bit of humor here, and maybe it's just me seeing it, but there's a, he comes in on a donkey and he selects a donkey that's never been ridden on. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm gonna dress up for this uh, you know, position that I'm being hired for, um, and you know, it's a big position, CEO of a company, and I'm gonna wear a McDonald's uniform shirt, you know, and I'm gonna wear it, but make sure that it's never been worn by anybody. Make sure it's brand new because I want to look amazing when I walk in. You know, it's, 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 it's almost to that level of humor, like a, a donkey that's never been ridden. Donkeys were, were nothing. They were, the, they were a poor man's, you know, a, tool, a vehicle uh, to get around, to carry things. Um, and they were so common, it was, you know, there was nothing special at all about it. And I think that's the point Luke is making, is this is the most average, mundane, run-of-the-mill um, kind of mode that Jesus is entering on. And he's riding on a donkey. Wrong presentation if you're going to be a deliverer. But again, people are so blind because they are the ones that are hoping and really lock their hopes onto Jesus as deliverer cannot see that his presentation is also communicating a different message. So his, his person is communicating a different message. His presentation's communicating a different message, right? And, and, and then the third thing is it's the wrong tactics, right? It's the wrong tactics because what does he do is at the end of this story, and we didn't read this part, but he comes in uh, to Jerusalem, and immediately after what I read to you, he goes into the temple courts and he begins to drive out those who were selling. Uh, it was a lot of commerce going on around the temple. Every time there was any big event, that's, that's how money was made. That's how the temple was supported. That's how the economy worked for, uh, for, the, Jewish people. for the Jewish people. So when Jesus enters Jerusalem, he's got the wrong tactic. It's, it's, uh, it's backwards. Why are you doing this? Why are you not doing something that's going to help us and help um, Israel? And instead, what he does is he comes in and his judgment seems to be against uh, the people themselves, the, the Jewish people themselves, right? So it's, it's the way sometimes it works is that the wrong person, we have our hopes and uh, that this is the way it's going to work, that this is going to, uh, delivery, deliverance is going to come this way. And then it's the wrong uh, 
the wrong presentation and we think that the way it's gonna it's supposed to look looks you know and it looks different than the way it's supposed to look and then there's some wrong tactics and that um, it seems to instead of saving us it seems to come against us <laughs> so sometimes we pray for deliverance and we pray for God to do something and instead of God doing what we want him to do God seems to make things worse it seems to be like a almost like it's a judgment against me in some sense but what it was supposed to do is to surface some things and this is why I want to get to the second point so the first point is the triumphal entry is really an untriumphal entry the second one is it's really not about uh, Jesus it's uh, I mean sorry it's really about Jesus not about you um, and, uh, and, and we'll get to the third point, which is, it's really not about you. It's about Jesus. So I'm going to say two opposite things here because two, both of those are happening here in the story and it's really remarkable. So it's about Jesus, not about you in this sense. Jesus believes that God is with him and in him. Um, and because Jesus is this man of no significance, riding on a donkey, um, Jesus is actually acting as if he has no needs, as if he is not dependent upon anybody else to rescue or to save. Jesus himself is not. Now, some, of them might, some, some people might say, well, that's because he was supposed to be the deliverer and, and the rescuer. But actually what Jesus is demonstrating is that I'm not only a poor Jewish man, just like everybody else here, I'm the common person, and I'm riding in on a donkey, that that itself is the message. It's the message that you, the average person, do not need rescue from the outside. Now, sometimes we actually do, <laughs> but, we, but the point is you shouldn't live on that. That isn't what the, the destination or the goal is for you. It's for you to come to terms that you already have everything right here and right now because God is with you. And this is what Jesus demonstrates. More so than anything else, is God already present within me? God already here? There is no rescue coming from the outside. No, there's not going to be a deliverance, physical deliverance for you Jewish people from Rome. There's going to be an internal one. And once you understand that and you begin to live from that, then true freedom comes. The very things that you're actually looking for and seeking, the peace that you're seeking, comes through that truth when you begin to see it and live into it. So this is why Jesus disappointed them. Um, instead of saving everyone in the way he wanted them to, he demonstrates that they too can have peace, security, and through the process of really tuning in to God being present within them and no dependency on structures to save them. So this is what Jesus is doing is demonstrating this. This is why it's about him in this moment and not about anybody else. It's not about I'm coming to rescue you. It's I'm coming to demonstrate to you this is the way you too can experience true salvation, true freedom, true deliverance, true peace. Um, in the end, Jesus predicts Jerusalem being sacked, and, uh, and that does happen in 70 CE or 70 AD, when the revolt happens, the, Jew, the first revolt, Jewish revolt. They rise up, and they're going to say, no, we're going to take this by force. We want this deliverance, and we're going to do it, and we're going to make it happen because we have been failed time and time again by all these supposed messiahs. They've all come. They've all died. And they're always failing us. And so there's sort of this uprising of we're going to fight against Jerusalem and free ourselves. We're going to make this happen. And uh, so they do. But Jesus had prophesied, had predicted this was going to happen because, and he says here, um, they, uh, they did this, they didn't, um, uh, they, they, they revolted and they would revolt, but the, the, the Jerusalem would be sacked because they couldn't see that Jesus had already come and had demonstrated that there's a way to true peace and that you're, you, you don't have to go in this, um, in this way anymore. Um, and so, um, so they couldn't stand that the promises had not come true as they had expected. And so they fought against it 
And in the end, they were sacked. And so Jesus is mourning this. It's actually not a prediction of like, yay, you know, this is what's going to happen to you or sort of a vengeful thing. It's really a, a, Jesus is mourning this loss, grieving this loss. Like if you could have only known that there's a way for you to actually have true peace. Um, and I think this, uh, this leads to our, our final point, which is really, it's really not about you. It's about Jesus. Uh, it's really about you, excuse me, not, a, not about Jesus. So I've got this all backwards here. So the first one is it's not about Jesus. Um, oh. It's really about Jesus, not you. The second one is it's really about you, not about Jesus. So scrap that whole thing and just think of it this way. It's both about you and it's about Jesus, but not in the ways you would expect, right? So it's, it's it's really about the point of this whole parable is both to surface the truth about you, which oftentimes we don't want that. We don't want us. We don't want that truth to be revealed about us. Um, and uh, and Jesus does this um, in in and throughout his whole life. So I think this story of the triumphal entry is just really sort of this is on repeat. You've seen this happen before. Meaning this. Um, Jesus turns the attention on the crowds when they don't want the attention on them. And, and, and this, is, this is one of those situations. So every other time, and many of you have read these stories in the Gospels, every time the crowds got big and they all began to follow Jesus, you know, they all got around Jesus and um, people began to worship him and people wanted him to be king. He did something in these previous stories to disappoint them over and over again many times causing the crowds to disperse and to leave. Right. Um, often what Jesus was revealing was that people wanted a king just like, just like they did, their ancestors did, when they were begging to Samuel for a physical king. And they were saying, give us a king. They were tired of these deliverers like Moses and Joshua and they wanted a king. They wanted what? They wanted safety from their enemies. They wanted sustenance, right? Food, material possessions, that kind of thing. And they wanted some kind of significance, some kind of identity, power. Who are we? I, we hate being these people with no name, no identity. <laughs> we want to be a thing. Now, notice this is what's interesting. Even Christianity, do you know that Christianity in the first uh, well, the, for the first few years after Jesus was not a thing. It had no name. They were called the people of the way. They were not called Christians. And when they were called Christians, the two times in the New Testament that they were called Christians, it was a derisive term. What meant little Christs, you're trying to be like a little Jesus, right? It was a derisive term. It wasn't, they weren't a thing. They weren't a together system, right? And then what happens? A few hundred years later, one of the emperors, Constantine, converts and then makes it a thing. Now we're called Christians. This is a Christian thing. Right? We're always seeking significance. We're always seeking an identity. Who are we, really? And so feel safe to be inside the church sometimes and to be part of, like, I'm part of this movement. And that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Except that when it becomes, when you get stuck in that, and it becomes your source, it becomes everything you seek, and you find your safety, you find your... Um, your, your sustenance and you find your significance uh, in that. And, um, and so, uh, so this is the, this is the direction that people tend to go in and Jesus is making it less about that and more about, um, Hey, listen, you are, uh, you have everything you need in this moment because God is with you but the direction it's going to go in is oftentimes going to be a bit uncomfortable because it's going to surface some anxiety in you. It's going to surface your tendency to depend on external structures, to depend upon spiritual masters, spiritual teachers, to depend upon political leaders. There's a whole lot of that going on in our country right now, right? And, and this is without judgment. This is just sort of observation, right? We, we tend to be, there's lots of people that tend to be very like, ah, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really just sort of blindly support my leadership because why? Because there's a sense of safety. There's a sense of they're going to, they're going to rescue us. They're going to deliver us. And we looked at these structures and then we get angry when they don't and we begin to blame them and we play victim and all this stuff comes up and Jesus's model in the triumphal entry is 
I'm the wrong person. <laughs> and everything I'm going to do is going to go against what you expect. And I'm going to do it so that you recognize that it isn't through these physical structures and through these external means that you're always seeking for deliverance. You're going to find deliverance when you actually turn to Jesus within you in what God is trying to surface in that moment. And oftentimes we'll be surfacing these dependencies that we have that are not good. These dependencies that we have that are keeping us from ascending and from growing higher. And when that's the judgment that comes, which, you know, notice Jesus's judgment again comes against the temple when he comes in with a whip and he turns the money changers tables over and knocks all that. What's that? That's a judgment against our dependencies on these systems and structures. And so when you start to feel through this season that we're going through with the coronavirus, when you start to feel yourself having this angst and this frustration and this anger, right? Notice it and, and give yourself grace. Like, it's okay that I'm feeling this. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to blame or seek um, a cause for it, but rather allow Jesus to do the judgment that needs to be done internally. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But the point will be to begin to show you that those dependencies are, were, were, were supposed to be helpful to you at an earlier stage that now are no longer helpful and you need to go closer to the source. And the source, rather than the resources we've been talking about, the source is Christ within you. Which Paul says, it's Christ within you, the hope of glory. There's this, the thing that it brings up uh, as an emotional rub for me, and uh, it continues to be, and then I'm, I'm like still feeling a little residual of it even now, it's just this, what so much has happened with the coronavirus is it's made us feel a lot uh, more powerless. Like we want a particular result. We want something to happen. We want this to be an end, or we want to be able to predict when the end is. Um, you know, we, we can't even meet in our church building. So it's like, we've lost the power there. And then like, we want to be able to have this nice interaction online if we can't do that. And it's like that even felt like it was taken away from us this morning because some hacker can just jump in here and get in the way. Yeah. And I want to be able to control all of that. And it gets yeah. so frustrating. It's just like, um, I think a lot of us constantly feel this rub between, um, God, it's supposed to be a certain way. Like things should work a certain way. Like things shouldn't feel like this. They shouldn't be like this. Um, like crappy people shouldn't be allowed to do the things that they do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, come on, let's just call in the king. Let the king rule. Let him take over. Let's kick out these lousy Romans. Let's kick out these lousy whatever. Uh, like run the show. Yeah. And, and it's just like God. It's just Jesus like constantly gets in the way of um, not only their expectations and violates their expectations, yeah. but it's like still violating mine. Yeah. <laughs> and mine are good, right? Like I yep. want the, I want good yep. things. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's an, that's a really, really, really good that you say that Jim, as I think that's the rubber meets the road right there. That's where it gets like this morning when that, you know, when that happened, when the video came on and interrupted things, I immediately was like, oh man, there goes my thoughts on the direction of where we were going to go. And I need flow. I'm a person that works with flow. I don't work with pen and paper and, you know, so it's like, um, yeah, it makes, it makes me angry too. It makes me feel like this is, this is, uh, this, this violates a lot of things for us, you know? And so we have our, our reactions. I, I, I was reading a, um, a post from a pastor friend of mine, um, who was posting about how, you know, this is, this is the, uh, the end times, you know, and so this is what's happening, you know, and, <laughs> and that, and that Christ is going to return in the book of revelation and, and he's going to destroy our enemies. And it's like, and I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what Jesus is confronting. Like, no, that's not going to happen that way. And so a lot of the stuff that's being promoted in terms of prophecy and end times and Jesus coming in to rescue and, you know, Jesus is going to come in riding on a horse. Remember that prophecy in Revelation? Jesus comes riding in on a horse and, <clears throat> and he destroys his enemies. 
right? And so there's this like, he's the rescuer. And so Jesus is going to come back. This is what all this is pointing to. Let's just not worry about it. Christ is coming back. He's going to save us. And I think, well, that flies in the face of everything we've just read. It flies in the face of everything that Jesus did in his day, which is exactly the opposite of that. He comes in riding on a donkey. Why is it that Revelation has him riding on a horse? He dies to his enemies in the Gospels, and then he destroys his enemies in Revelation. Does anybody not notice a, a, a problem? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we didn't get the God we wanted the first time. Yeah. yeah. We have to create a theology that, that acts like we're going to get the God we want the next time around. Yes. When all of Revelation is saying, no, 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 what you thought was a suffering servant was really a conquering king. He really was a conquering king. It's not that he came as a suffering servant and then you'll get your conquering king. Yes. It's that the suffering servant really was the conquering king. Yes, exactly. And even the destruction that Jesus does, and this comes back to the point that you brought up, Jim, um, about the feeling that we have of powerlessness and the yeah. struggle that we have right now. Um, you notice that in, in Revelation, um, and I didn't read this for you, so if you're not familiar with the book, that's that's okay. There's this um, image of Jesus coming in, uh, riding on a horse, and um, and there's King of Kings, Lord of Lords on his thigh, and uh, apparently tattooed there. Um, pretty cool tattoo, if I do say so. Um, and then he has a sword that comes out of his mouth, and he destroys people with it. Right? If we don't understand metaphor, we're really lost on this one, because that's all metaphor. That's exactly what that is. It's a symbol. What's going on there? Well, what's the sword, right? <laughs> That's what I want to say to pastors and peace. You've read this before. What's the sword? You don't have to come up with it. It doesn't, it's nothing that you have to make up. It's all in there in the Bible. What is the sword? You guys know what the sword of, right? You've heard this before. What's the sword? What is it a metaphor for? Exactly. The word. The word. Thanks, Neil. He puts up a Bible. That's it's right. the word of God. It's not a physical sword. It's the truth spoken. There are people who have artistically drawn it and they've put the, the sword in his hand. Instead oh, yeah, of it, and instead yeah. of it's like in the story, it's, it's coming out of his mouth. It's the word that's coming out of his mouth. And it says that his robe is covered in blood. But like the whole point of the imagery is like, no, that's Christ. That's what Christ did riding on the donkey and going to the cross. He's covered in his own blood. Yes. Not the blood of those yes. he slaughtered. Yes. And the reason why he is able to uh, judge and defeat uh, the enemies is he's defeating the enemies through the truth, which is how he's always done it. It was the truth that cuts through into me. And when the truth of God's word reveals or the truth of God's, I'm not talking about just the Bible. I'm talking about the truth of God's word that, that is in the scriptures but also spoken into us. And when we hear it, you know, it, 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 it cuts deep. You know, how many times this week for you, some of you have felt like, oh, I've seen the ugly side of me again. Anybody here? No, you're all been holy, holy. Yeah, things have been hands. fantastic right. for, you know, if you haven't seen the ugly side of you, wait another week, you know, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll come, it'll come. And, uh, and what is that? What is the ugly side of you? It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's what's happening in this story when Jesus comes riding in on the donkey and then disappoints everybody by not delivering them. It's yeah. this thing of you're going to feel this many times and that ugly side of you is going to come up and out. And the point of that is so that the ugly can be revealed, the truth can be revealed that you are maybe depending on something. Maybe there's something that needs to change within you and that when that does then there's greater freedom and greater peace and greater joy that comes to you because you're no longer depending so much on external salvation you've tuned in to the christ that is within you but the process is you have to go through that death just as we've been talking about death burial death resurrection uh, you know that that kind of oscillation between the two you have to live you have to die and you have to be resurrected you know, and that's what Jesus was demonstrating is this is the path, folks. If you want real deliverance, real peace, you kind of got to go through crap, mm. you know, and sometimes it's big. And what's happening now with all of us, it's big. Mm. This is not small. And so the fact that the ugly side of you comes up and out, good. Celebrate that. That's a good thing. 
because that it means that something is being surfaced right and you can just make peace with it oh yeah there's the ugly me and then i'm sorry for that and what's the truth that's being revealed here you know what's the sword that comes out of the mouth of jesus what's that revealing and then ah that's the true enemy right there <laughs> it's my dependency it's my like looking to get control of what's happening in this world right now and i can't get control and, and you can see it right look at look at social media how much of our trying how much of everything we're posting is an attempt to try to get our hands around this thing that we mm. can't get our hands around <laughs> it's so damn frustrating everything is like we're trying to grab a hold of it and get sense of it and we can't it's bigger than all of us right and so this is uh this is what's happening in this season and that's that's why we're all frustrated about going through it but this is a good season because its intention is to do something deep within us so that we can rise up and be even peaceful in the midst of this even joyful in the midst of this of this and uh and find true power true significance in the midst of all of this Hmm. thoughts yeah <laughs> chat you got something chris, chris is something yeah. let me uh mute you chris because i can't see you go ahead okay can you hear me yes got you cool um so the whole idea about uh deliverance and what we expect it to look like um it's like i totally get that it was a few years ago when i was in a really bad place and uh mentally and i remember people praying for me and they said to me you've got everything you need inside you already and i like totally didn't get that because i could not figure my way out yeah and things continued getting worse and there was a time we had a uh a prophetic guy come to the church to give a message and he ended up prophesying over me and that it, that it, it had been a really bad time and that the enemy was attacking my mind my will and my emotion but i was going to have this great encounter with god and i would never be the same so i always looked at it like that would be the end of the uh, mental torment that I was going through. And I remember being on my knees going, God, you gotta, this got to happen pretty soon because I can't hang in there much longer. Mm. Um, I ended up in the mental hospital uh, and my circumstances didn't change. Um, and I often wondered, did, did, did I miss the encounter? Did, mm. No, did, did, did something go off there? And anyways, after listening to this talk, it, it, I was looking for my deliverance to come from my circumstances being changed, from the, the mental illness being gone, being lifted. And that wasn't it. It was about you can have peace without that stuff changing. Mm -hmm really good Chris yeah thank you so much for sharing that um, oh you're still you're muted I think you muted uh, hang on I think you have to turn Hold yourself on. back on because you're unmuted if you have more hey yeah you there yeah yeah go ahead okay. I was gonna say it's not about it's not about your circumstances changing I mean I gave mine but yours can be something else yours can be your income yours can be your you know your physical disabilities uh, yeah but it's like your peace doesn't have to be connected to that yeah it's interesting like jesus wrote in two thousand years ago and if you read history we've come a long freaking way um but i am perpetually uncomfortable with how comfortable god is with process that makes sense i am perpetually uncomfortable I'm ne I can never get, I can never be really be comfortable with, with how comfortable God is with process. God is so comfortable with process. God is so comfortable with things taking a while and being walked out 
over a longer period of time. And I am not, because he sees things in generations and I see, I see things in hours. I see things in days at best weeks, but I do not see far enough. And I yeah. do not have the God spoke or the God's eye view on redemption. Yeah. Anybody else? I can't see all of you at once, but Rob is, oh, I, I saw that. I switched the screen. So Rob, I can't hear you, Rob. Are you talking? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Gotcha. Great. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm really resonating with this, um, how God does things so different than what we expect. Um, but we do have to have some sort of like um, uh, litmus test or something to say, yeah, this is God. This isn't God. But um, so many times, uh, you know, I'm just kind of building on what Chris said. I'll I'll think, oh, I'll know what's God if this circumstances changes it and so forth. If you know, if I'm being blessed financially and uh, and I'm feeling great and and so forth. But those are all really circumstantial, <clears throat> and um, re really in the times when God's really moving, it's growth. It is like a tree growing. And it's deep, and it has roots, and there's life there. Um, so it's interesting how um, I, I continually will measure things by these, you know, uh, uh, superficial uh, measures that you know make make my life better. Or society believes, oh, they're successful, or so forth. But it's really about growth and beauty and love blossoming and at exponential rate. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not to say that those things are not, I, I, I am not at all, and I don't think Jesus is at all saying that the opposite is really where God's blessing is. So you got to constantly seek difficulty. Like you've got to constantly <laughs> assume that difficulty right. is God's blessing on you. I, I, not, not at all, not at all, not at all. But it's just that when tests come, which they do come, and this is a big one with the coronavirus, it's a big test for all, a lot of people across the, the country and the world. And uh, when those tests come, those are things that surface our dependencies. And that's the reason why. And, 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 and to, to think about it this way, we are, it's not that this is a one and done sort of process. It's ever growing towards greater understanding of what it means to live from the source of all things that is present within us than to live in dependency on external sources to rescue us. It's really what, what scripture tends to point is, this is where what the true human looks like, the true son of man. And that's the reference to Jesus most often is son of man. The idea there is instead of son of God, which if, if, if the idea was become like, like this God that you think is way out here, then it would have, the reference would have always been son of God, son of God, son of God. But there's this, is, this is reference of son of man, which is what God is pointing to is, this is what your ultimate destiny looks like and this is what full humanity looks like. It's humanity and divinity come together, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is God and human, right? The, 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 the sort of Paul's view of what's going to come at the end of age when we are resurrected physically is the blending of materiality, if that's a, even a separate thing from spirituality. It's like this blend of the two. The, the, and, and this is the ultimate direction we're all going in. And so for, 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 uh, for us, it's really, and what the test is, is I want to show you that there's so much more for you in terms of your own uh, ability to be connected to God. And that every time we are uh, tested and every time we go through a difficulty, that's the point of it. It's to bring us to that greater connection with God, that greater freedom from things that hold us back and hold us mm -hmm. down, right? And with that, by the way, to Rob's to to Rob to to expand on your point, with that, it's like this is this should lead to material blessing, to good to to health, to good things in the physical, you know, world, and also to your to your point, Rob, of even well being. Like the goal is not suffering and feeling like crap. The goal is. If they're suffering, it's to actually free you into greater depth of happiness and well-being and joy and peace um, 
that's really where we're going. So I think it's both and, but it's sometimes we get stuck on like, if it's well-being, then there can't be any difficulty or suffering. And so, you know, right now I'm trying to do everything I can to get that well-being sense again. And I'm fighting against everything that's going on in this world right now, uh, you know, or, or just kind of burying my head in the sand. Mm. Jen, do you want to mention this thing about uh, the Emanuel journaling? I can you hear me, Jen? All right, we don't have Jen yet. I'll come back to her. Uh, Liz has something. Liz, there you go. There you go. Go for it. Hi, guys. Um, I wanted to share something that, that came to me when Rob was speaking about growth. Um, and this, this popped into my mind. And usually, if an image comes into my mind suddenly, um, it, it usually seems to be not from me, but through me. So I'm putting it out there in case it's helpful to anybody else. Um, so as you know, we are in New England and, um, the image that I got was of a vine that, that, um, ha ha ha, look at that, a vine. I didn't even think of that part, but vine 39. So a vine growing. So I was watching, um, I was watching this gardening show cause I love everything documentary ish. And it was talking about how in New England, when you plant ground cover, you have to be patient because there's a three year interval to it. And it's called sleep, creep, leap. And I'll say that again, it's sleep, creep, leap. So you plant the ground cover and the first year it sleeps, it lies dormant. You don't see anything above ground, but underground the root structure is growing. The second year it creeps. So you start to see a little bit more on the surface as the root structure continues to grow underground. And the third year, it leaps and it spreads really rapidly because all of that work had been happening mm. under the surface. And so mm. I guess I just want to encourage folks out there that um, if you are putting in the work and feeling like nothing is coming to fruition to know that it may be a process. Maybe you are in a sleep, creep, leap cycle, and the work that you're doing is doing a lot under the surface, but you're not going to see the fruit of that for a while, and that's okay, because when you do see it, it's gonna be miraculous. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's beautiful. good. Thank you, Liz, and that, you know what? That's that's an awesome sermon, by the way. Um, yeah, thanks. The uh, what what uh, what's really great about that is the optimism, the hope in this. There's so much hope in this, and I think we can lose hope during the seasons like what we're in now. And um, just I want to ask you right now. Let uh, maybe say something. Chat. Put it in the chat. How many of you have had um, a, have had at least a little bit of a struggle around hope, like this during the season that you have felt like I'm losing. I'm losing hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, that's that's um, that's probably true for. Yeah, yeah. So getting getting folks who are responding to this, we're losing. Yeah, we we lose hope sometimes around these these seasons, and um, and um, and I want to encourage us today that there is hope, and that the hope is something amazing is happening right now even though you don't see it like liz's uh, illustration there and i believe that if we're faithful to the season and faithful does not mean that your performance is stellar <laughs> in fact if anything i could encourage you guys to do is aim at underperformance like really be terrible at what you do this week in terms of your performance um because we're so kind of perfectionistic in our country, like we want to get it right. It's like the performance, don't do that. That will lead to more disappointment and more loss of hope. Mm. Instead, if you could laugh at yourself a little bit and say, oh yeah, there I go again. And just be okay. I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes. I'm gonna get this wrong more than I'm gonna get it right. Because it's not your failing, it's your rising, as we've said before, that God looks at. It's never your failing. 
it's the reason why you get Hebrews 11, which is this like chapter of like all these heroes of faith. And if you look at them, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I read their story. Their stories are not great. Mm-hmm. Like how did they end up in this chapter? Like it's, it's remarkable because it's your rising, not your falling. And if you can remember that during this week, that you will make mistakes, you will fall, you will like underperform, laugh at yourself. And Unacceptable. Then go back to the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to the truth. Yeah. That the hope is that you are growing and that there's transformation and that the ugly that's being surfaced, you just say, okay, what do you want to say? What do you want to show me about this, Jesus? Yeah. Ask Jesus every day this week, what do you want to show me about this? And then just smile and walk in grace. Like, no, oh, I did something wrong. I got to change. No, 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 no. Not that approach. Just what do you want to, what do you want to show me? This is gift. This is your gift to me. I hate it, but this is your gift to me. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to show me? And then understand that that whole process is the deepening of the roots as Liz was describing in that that, uh, illustration. It's the deepening of the roots. And if you do this during this season, you will grow and you will transform. And we will get to the other side of this together as a community. And there's going to be even more stories, not relief like, oh, finally, someone came up with a vaccine where, whoo, thank you, Jesus, we're done with this. But that, that'll celebrate that with you right along with. But like, what are the stories of transformation and celebration and salvation that are happening right now in the midst of the coronavirus? That's the stuff that Jesus wants to give you and me. There is hope, folks. We are going to grow. We are going to experience peace and, and, and joy in the midst of all of this as well. And so, uh, so yeah, underperform, mess up, and keep turning to Jesus and asking him, what are you, what are you doing to me? Mm. <laughs> you, you might even add a few expletives and that's all good. Do it. What are you doing to me? <laughs> and then you know what? You'll be a psalmist just like the rest of the psalms that have those sort of like, what is going on here? And that's, uh, that's perfectly acceptable. That's the journey of faith. Um, at the beginning of service, I asked you guys to think about um, during this season of feeling helpless, how you can help, how you can help yourself and how you can help others. Um, so we're going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to do a quick exercise and then I'll do a benediction. Um, for the exercise, I would like you to be in gallery view. So. Um, That means at the top of your screen, you're gonna click on gallery view and it looks like a little Rubik's cube. When you do that, you're gonna see a grid of lots of people. And this is pretty amazing. We have about 50 folks in here. Um, So you can use the arrow on the side that says one of two to go back and forth between those screens to see everybody that's here. So let's just do a test. Can everybody wave at the camera? And can you see if you go that everybody is waving? How cool is this? Okay, so this is a way for us to to share this activity. Um, Before I do that, one thing that came to me um, during the song today, when I uh, was, in the past, I have had multiple bouts of severe depression. And um, some people don't believe me because I am pretty cheerful, um, but I I definitely ride that wave. And I remember one time feeling really, really down and all of a sudden it came to me um, and I said um, to my family, I must be bound for something great if the enemy is working this hard to take me down. And I think that that's true for our church. Um, Our church must be bound for something great if the enemy was working that hard this morning to take us down. So here we are. All right, so I wanna do an activity. Please wave at the camera if this statement is true for you, okay? Number one, I am a parent. I can talk about parenting and raising kids. If you're a parent out there, please wave. Okay, number two. Where is number two? I'll find it. I can teach. I can answer questions about academic subjects or how to figure out homeschooling right now. Please wave. 
if that's true for you. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Abby. <laughs> Number three, I can help you troubleshoot your computer or technology. Give a wave if you are one of those people who can help in that way. Awesome. I can analyze and talk about the facts and current events surrounding COVID-19. So if you're somebody who likes to analyze and stick with the facts and the truth, and you can talk about it, Wave if this is true for you. I can pick up food or medicine for you. I'm action oriented and I can help in that way. I can organize. I can share ideas and brainstorm how to organize a project or organize areas of your home. A lot of organizers out there. How cool is that? That's a hidden talent in our, in our church. I can still have fun. I can share a joke to make you laugh or play a game with you online or on social media. See all those folks that are ready to do that? I can listen. If you want to talk, I'm here. I can pray for you or with you. I am with you during this time. So here's the benediction for this week. May we be the body of Christ. May we be the heart. May you give grace to yourself and empathize with others. May we be the eyes, the ears, and the senses of Christ. May you calmly and accurately assess your current situation and find creative solutions. May we be the hands and feet of Christ. May you step forward in love and in action this week. Blessings on your week.